You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And welcome to another segment, another show of Business in Black. This is your host, Danita Harris, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York, the BK, live in New York City, and joined this week, of course, by our uh, guest host, uh, Dr. Latanya, our regular guest host, Dr. Latanya Hughes out of Miami, Florida, and uh, Jason Warner, Mr. Jason Warner, Mr. Own the Vision himself, coming out of Atlanta, Georgia, hey. is joining us today. We're very excited to have him. Uh, so thank you, Jason, for being here. Thank you for the invite. Um, I'm excited. I like to tell our story and help folks. Yes. And that's what we're about. This is business in black. And we're here to help you start, grow and build your business, whether it's nonprofit, for profit. So today is a really good show. We're actually going to be talking about both nonprofits and for profits. Um, And we're going to be talking about breaking the tech barrier. Um, Mr. Warner is very uh, successful in the tech industry and has won several pitch competitions, which I want to get into, as well as has his own nonprofit, which we will get into. But before we delve into all of that, why don't you introduce yourself to the people and tell them exactly what your for-profit tech company was and what your nonprofit company is. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again for having me, um, Danita, Dr. LaTanya. Uh, uh, nice meeting you. Um, but, you know, so I'm Jason Warner, like you said. Uh, my background is actually in marketing and PR. I actually don't have a tech, I, tech background, IT background. But the great part about it is we're able to freely think and, and come up with great ideas. And what I was able to do is use my network and my my. Uh, resources to build my first tech. Uh, called, the company is no longer existence at this point. Uh, it was called uh, the, um, Your Safe Box. And what it was was the first ever virtual safe deposit box. Uh, we took cloud technology and secured it to banking and hospital uh, security standards and made individual vaults in the cloud. So think about the folks in Puerto Rico right now, the folks in California with the wildfires. When they go through disasters, insurance companies want to know what they've had. Um, and if you have it on that flash drive or in your computer in your house and your house is gone, how do you prove what you had? You could say you had a 50-inch flat screen or you might have had that 19-inch tube TV. You could have talked, you had diamonds and pearls or you could have all that costume jewelry. So if you don't document it in a secure place, uh, especially like your your documentation, uh, pictures of all those things, how can you prove it? Um, and what we did was build a online vault for that that you can access anywhere in the world. You know, one of the things that we were able to find is there's ups and downs, peaks and valley, and there's not a lot of people that look like me and you uh, in tech. There's not a lot of funders that look like me and you in tech. Uh, unfortunately, we, uh, we, fortunately, we won a lot of pitch competitions. Uh, unfortunately, when we went to that next round, I used a lot of my personal savings uh, to build the company. When we went to that next round from expansion, uh, one of the things that we found was people wanted to take advantage of us. We had one VC group offer us $11 million for 85% of the company. Jeez Louise, for 85 85- 
five. No, no, sir. No, 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 sir. Eleven million dollars for eighty-five percent of the company. So basically, they they love the idea, but we they wanted us to build a company for them. Yeah, um, and, and that wasn't going to happen. Right. Um, you know, and I, I remember pitch, pitching um, to Damon John um, from Shark Tank, uh, and he he said, "Why would?" the public trust three black guys uh, with their sensitive documents. And what, excuse me. Um, and you know, the, so at first I, I took it as, wow, the shot. this is a black man that's um, had to climb through business, but he's asking what the world would ask. Um, and my response was the same reason that Macy's trusted you would fulfill in your first shipment of FUBU. Um, the same reason you trust Wells Fargo and Bank of America with your financial uh, information every single day, but don't know who's sitting behind the, those doors. Um, so, you know, it's about stepping up. Um, Good for you. you know, and, but you know what the problem I have with that comment is that we as black people may or may not even trust a black man with our own stuff. And so, you know, I know there's a big push for the black wall street to come back and there's a big push for us to, to fund black banks and all of that. But we have to break past the stigmatisms and the limits that we've placed on ourselves in order to break. Cause I know I, Finally came around and, 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 you know, it took me some time since I had bills. Okay. But I, I invested in your safe box. I've also invested in own the vision, but you know, we, we've got to do better um, black people in doing business with black businesses. We really do. And not black successful businesses, black startup companies. Because you know, we so should have been able to offer you 11 million collectively. You know what I'm saying? Like that's complete facts, complete facts. You know, it's funny. It's interesting. And it's a great segue into why we started on the vision foundation. And I don't know if you can see my shirt uh, through, through the screen. You but, can't uh, solve a problem with right. the same mindset. You used to create it. Right. Old um, wine, we, new wine skins don't work. Right. Go ahead. We have to change our mindset. We've been conditioned for so long. Um, to think a certain way, to think black is negative, to think uh, or inferior. Know, inferior, to mm-hmm. think that our our our, our captor is going to be our savior, and we have to shift that mindset. And one of the things that we saw in in building um, your safe box was we don't own anything, so we're begging for somebody to fund us. We don't own any real institutions. There's not one Fortune 500 company that's black owned or started. Right. Um, we have about four CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, and they were appointed to a position by a board that don't look like us. And um, I think there's only what three black owned banks in the whole country. Three, well, maybe five. No, no, there's about 42. Yeah, there's several. There's several there's, here in there's New York. 42. Mm-hmm. There's 42. However, these institutions, they're still like a mom and pop situation, right? Right. Um, you know, and people get frustrated because they'll say, uh, well, I, they don't have enough branches, enough ATMs or different things like that. Well, you got to think about it. Different mindset. Change your mindset. How long did it take the Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, Manhattan, Fifth Third to expand? Correct. It took some time, and there's millions upon millions of people that are depositing into these banks. If Correct. You even work with. We have to take some sacrifices, right? If you want to build, you know, 
an ability for a black tech hub, for a black business hub, you have some of us are going to have to make some sacrifices. So um, as we segue into the Only Vision Foundation, all of our accounts are with black banks across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we want to build an economic infrastructure so that visionaries that say, you know what, I want to create this new text piece, we have the funding for that, right? Um, so what Open Vision came out was we didn't want to create a nonprofit, but we want to solve another problem. And we mm-hmm. had to use a different mindset. Um, and what we said, we would raise money in bulk and give it out to people that look like us in multiple ways. We support nonprofits. Uh, we support HBCUs. We support local, regional, national uh, uh, Yeah, I'm sorry, I said nonprofits first. Local, regional, national nonprofit, HBCUs, uh, real estate acquisition and helping people stay in their homes across the country, uh, legal and black media. And we felt like those are the six pillars of a house. You think you have your foundation, you have your four walls, and you have your roof. We have to have that, that foundational infrastructure so that we can move from VC groups saying, you know what, Here, we want to give you $11 million for 85% of your company. When you have, uh, I, I live in Atlanta, I've seen Georgia Tech students get half a million, a million dollars for just, here you go. This is money. We may want a half a percent or 1% if what you come up with. We were already live in production. We have customers and different things like that. These are, they're getting this money for just ideas. So we had to change the, the, the perspective of why we're chasing someone when we can fund it ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, but we have to be that support. And what we said with the foundation is we'll raise the money and support these visionaries, these thinkers, these institutions. Um, you think about it. Most of our research comes from PWIs and predominantly white institutions, right? Correct. Which is biased information from the beginning. Right. You know, you can't be there. I, I can't be the sole researcher on women's issues. I don't live that 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 reality. You know, I can empathize. I can have interviews and different things like that. But at the end of the day, I'm not a subject matter expert. So why sh- why do we have white institutions giving all the statistics and the research on our communities. And people say it was just statistics. Well, let's, let's look at it from a, a holistic standpoint, all right? If I don't know the black experience, I would say that crime is an issue in Chicago. And the media narrative says crime is an issue in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Well, crime is not an issue in Chicago. It's an inequity of resources, which is an issue in Chicago. We have inequity in schools, you graduate from the South Side of Chicago. That's if you graduate. But if mm-hmm. you go to school in the South Side of Chicago, you may have a sixth grade education. There are no, there's no access to grocery stores in that community. So there's no nutritious food value. But the same school district in the North Side of Chicago, these kids are ready for Harvard, Yale, Princeton, what have you. So the research shows, oh, crime is a problem. Then you have that narrative that black people are an innately criminal. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. the case. Well, I love something that you say here. I mean, the underlying point of what you're saying is we need to learn to pool our resources and not just find mm-hmm. financial resources, but, um, you know, our knowledge base. We, you know, we need a knowledge storehouse of resources and, you know, different skills and abilities that if we pull it together, and that's really what you saw in the original um, Black Wall Street in, um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 
That's really what it was. You know, the minority community, specifically African-Americans, pulled what they had together. They pulled their money. They pulled their skills, their knowledge. They pulled everything that they had together. And that's how they thrived. And if we can just, like you said, change our mindset and get back to where and stop, stop looking at each other as the enemy. We're not the enemy of each other. But we've been brainwashed and, and convinced that black is inferior and that, you know, we need other people primarily um, Caucasian resources and that their stuff is better. But really, if you look at, especially nowadays, you look at technology, you look at fashion and industry, a lot of stuff is really ripped off from the minority cultures, not just black culture, but just overall. Why is that? Because they see the value in what minority cultures offer. But it's like, if we, if, if we as minorities are allowed to see ourselves in a kingly or priestly way, it's like, how dare they excel above? And that, that, unfortunately, that is the narrative in some people, but that's the underlying current of what, you know, we've been seeing. And so trying to shift the mindset of minorities to believe that your products and what you have to offer and, and what we bring to the table is of serious value. All you have to do is look down in your history and see that most of the products that we even use now, most of the technology that we even use now was because of a, a black person. And 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 that's it goes back to of looking at who's writing history books, right? So the the, the victor writes the history books, not the victim. Mm-hmm. So the narrative we have these false narratives in our country, and and it's and in the world, um, you know, we we just celebrated in the United States Columbus Day. Um, fortunately, some uh, some, some people states, celebrated Columbus right, Day. Well, some some states, um, some <laughs> cities, LA just passed. They changed the name to Indigenous mm. People Day. Um, in Seattle, they're doing the same. Denver, they're doing the same. So some people are starting to get it because the narrative is false. Um, right. You know, if you look at the American Indian War, who was the enemy and who was the, you know, the the heroes in this, uh, quote-unquote, Americans were the heroes. But you can't come into somebody's country, kick in their door, rape their women, kill their men, um, and enslave their children and say, oh, they were the combative enemy. Um, so we have to start to understand who we are to shift to lead in all these industries, whether it be technology, whether it be uh, business, uh, be education, science, technology, what, what have you. We have to know who we are first and then we have to be comfortable enough to say, you know what, we can do it. Um, my wife well, and we have here. a history of strong math and sciences, but we are told we don't have a history. I mean, that's right. what the movie Hidden Figures was about. And, and I know personally, my grandmother, my mother's mother, was uh, had a master's as a female in math. And right. so there's a long history of technology and, um, um, like I mentioned, the movie Hidden Figures of showcasing the work that African-American women did that were far advanced um, than any of their counterparts during the time of the first computers being developed and then being human computers and what they called them to be. So it's just a lot of awakening, I think, and shift and transition that needs to occur um, in the mindset of people. So we need people like you that are forerunning, that are blazing new paths, that are showing people, hey, guess what? You didn't have to go to school to be in the tech industry. I hope somebody caught that. You do not have to go to school to be in the tech industry to come up with the tech idea. When God, and I've said this time and time again, when God decides to just bless somebody with something, he's just going to do it. He don't need no precursor or a book or a certificate. When he decided to give somebody knowledge on how to build the ark, he just gave it to him. 
He didn't just say, hey, you need to go to construction school and learn how to tar and pit a pitch a roof. He just gave it to him. So God can use a donkey. He can use a cloud. He can use anything and anyone to carry out a message and to confound the wise, as the Bible says. But anyway, I'm not going to get preaching on the show today. We are going to keep going on breaking in the tech barrier. And the next segment, I just I really want to talk about some of the statistics I found because I love statistics and I'm a statistic queen. But for now, um, we are excited to have Jason Warner out of Atlanta, Georgia, here with us, Mr. Own the Vision himself, and we'll get into that a little bit more. We're talking about breaking the tech barrier this morning, and we hope you're having a good one, and we're, you're listening to Business in Black, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. Welcome back to Business in Black. I'm your host, Danita Harris, and we are joined today by uh, our guest co-host, Dr. Latanya Hughes out of Miami, Florida, and um, Mr. Jason Warner out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and we're talking about breaking the tech barrier today. Just some really interesting off uh, line conversations that we've been having that just really get the mind going. Um, Mr. Warner had a uh, tech company. He was not a tech major, which I find fascinating. He was actually a marketing and public relations person. That's how we met. We actually used to work with the same population of people. And um, we ended up just growing a friendship. And here we are today talking about his former business, which I love because I'm a former business owner too. And in the failure, there's beauty, right? You get the success out of the failure of the business, get the knowledge. There's no waste with God. So all of that is used in the next thing. And he has a couple of um, words of wisdom of the tech industry that we all should be listening to. Um, But before we get back into what he has to say, because I can hear him talk all day because uh, of the knowledge he has. I was doing some research for the show and on workopolis.com, um, we were, it was just talking about some of the ways that you could break into the tech barrier. So one of the things is um, taking on a tech project to see if you like it. Is that what you did when, you know, to kind of dabble a little bit to figure out? I know your story was personal, so let's get personal real quick. So I'm going to tell the story, then you clean it up. So the story, as I know it, was Jason Warner is from uh, South Florida as well, Dr. Hughes. Born and raised in Miami. Yep, down in the MIA. Born and raised in the Bay. Right. And uh, one of the hurricanes came through, Andrew, correct? And and lost everything, he and his family. And um, as a a result, out of a pain point, um, he established this company called Your Safe Box, which virtually kept all of those necessary documents, social security, birth certificate, child stuff, um, house papers, loans, all of that stuff in a safe and secure place. So regardless of whether or not you had it in a plastic bag and it floated away or it came with you, you still had it in a safe encrypted version online, in the cloud, not like other sharing services, but your own little secret protected vault. Is that correct how that came to be? 
That exactly. See, I studied. I, I remember. I remember. So exactly um, he that he came into tech out of a pain point. It wasn't out of a, a decision in high school that I love, um, uh, you know, technology. Matter of fact, he's a football guy. He he's a huge football guy. <laughs> it looks like he should be playing professional football. Okay, people, trust me. So out of that it came this amazing idea. Um, for, uh, I think it's a, still a very valid idea, an amazing idea um, to you. So hopefully one day, maybe you'll pick it back up when you have more funding. But um, yeah, is that what happened for you? You took on that tech project, that pain point project, and turned it into something better. Yeah, it, it was, you know, and, and the crazy thing is, I remember sitting um, with a friend of mine and we were like, man, PR is great, but you can't become wealthy in that, right? And this is right when Redbox popped up. Mm. And it was like, man, just think about it. All this is is some technology and they're repeating the process. Like, why couldn't we come up with something like that, right? Mm. And that day I said, we have to come up with the product because in the PR marketing industry, you're service driven. I can only give that creative thought process. I can only shift mindsets. I can only come up with these, these, these campaigns as much as I have time, you know, I can have 20 clients or I can work for a firm and do this, that, and a third, but there's only the capacity for me in these given 24 hours. Right. But when you have technology, technology works while you're sleeping, you know, yes, residual when, money, right. When you're looking at the most wealthy people in the world, right. You have the, the Bill Gates of the world, um, you know, the, the, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. You have the other folks that are in oil. Uh, you have the Oracles of the world. You have the Googles of the world. But all of mm-hmm. that's technology. And it's a product through technology. And I said, you know, one day I'll come up with something. And then out of all of that, you know, working with people, networking with people and growing and, and helping technology folks and folks building that. And I was like, you know, I know how to type and Search, <laughs> but I got that. You know, I can tell. I, I can't build, but you know the great part in in marketing and PR. You know, I had a partner that built websites, so at least I we we got there. Mm-hmm. And then I had a friend of mine that was in IT security, and I helped him in, when the the dot com bubble crashed. He was laid off, and I helped him get a job in government, and they, he got a job in security. And from there, he left security, that $40,000 a year job to a six-figure job at IBM and then a six-figure job um, at another uh, company higher than what he was. And I said, hey, you have the security knowledge. I have this web developer over here. I have a business knowledge. Let's come together and figure this thing out. That's good. Uh, that, that reminds me of an interview I just recently saw on Issa Rae where she was saying, you know, yeah, it's good to um, and big shout out to her and all of her success and what she's doing. But she was saying how, you know, she's looking across the table from people she went to school with. Oftentimes when we're looking to move up, we want somebody to help us move up and we want to meet with the bigger people that are, you know, like we hear the big name and we want those people to help us up. But it's really oftentimes though, she was like, I use all of my friends in my 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 writing and in my filming and in this. I look across the table to say, who can I use to grow up with as opposed to who can I look up to? So I love to hear that from you. So um, one of the other things Workopolis.com says is to learn more tech skills. So did you go back and did you learn some tech skills or you just left it to the tech people? So I, I, 
I can't say I didn't. I went back technically, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't go and like a go book to, or something, right? So you know, <laughs> now I know how to build websites. Now I understand technology too. I um, I actually teach user experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know I still have a daytime job, right? And I and I, and I work in IT now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we got enough skill to get an IT job. Okay. Right. Um. So you know that experience helped to land and you is understanding the language, right? People don't hire degrees. People hire people that can, can shift the knowledge base to produce something. And that's what was seen from there. Um, you know, you don't, like I said, you don't have to be the smartest technology person in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to know how to solve problems and figure things out. And that's like what I, you, I'm sorry. I like something you said here because um, it, it's really key that when you said people don't, you mentioned that people don't, um, you know, they're about the skills and, and people, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And we say this all the exactly. time. Um, at the end of the day, you can have all the skills and all the knowledge and all that in the world. But if people don't know you, they don't like you, they don't trust you because people aren't buying what you have to offer. They're buying you. Exactly. And, you know, you have to put your best foot forward. And I, and I love that about, you know, the Issa Rays and, and some of these others who are coming up and that they're using who they are and they're allowing their personality to, to shine through, to pave that way, to open those doors. Um, and they're not waiting on anybody to do it. It's just kind of like, boom, I'm going to kick the door in for myself because exactly. you need to recognize that you need me and what I have to offer and you're going to listen. And I, I just love that. Well, I think that's the beauty of technology in 2017, because, I mean, we can all remember, we're all old enough to remember when websites cost $10,000 minimum to build a website. Come on now. Do a $12.95 month to month plug and drop, right? Right. So we've seen technology with the surgeons come on and take over and allow that avenue that I can now bypass a lot of people and I don't have to wait for your permission. I don't have to wait for your green light. I don't have to wait for your money. I can just go online and do it myself. Matter of fact, the root.com, I love this article that I researched. The root.com last year wrote an article that is called, uh, we need more black people rooting for tech entrepreneurs, not just football players. And Mm. that is so true. It's Mm. saying that, Black people are the number one consumers of Twitter, yet African-Americans comprise less than 2% of senior executive positions in high-tech companies compared to 83% of Caucasians. Like, that's just huge disparities to me. And that's crazy that we're so illy represented um, in a community that we are so rightfully fitted for like we have the mind and the fortitude and the business acumen to delve into tech um and the tech industry and break down those barriers but yet we are still not um effectively represented um so how does one how do we how do we find a mentor then so 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 part of it is right is you're saying finding a mentor is less than two percent um, part of it is going back to that mindset shift that we talked about, right? And not waiting on them to hire us, but to build. And also to say, you know, we're going to support that that young sister, that young brother in that, right? Um, one of the stories we talked about when you look at Facebook, they say Facebook was built at our Harvard dorm, right? 
and you know, just some kids that built Facebook. Well, they don't tell you that uh, Mark's roommate gave roommate's dad gave them seven million dollars to build Facebook. So they left that mo- that part out that, in the movie. <laughs> that, that's a huge gap, right? That's a huge gap mm-hmm. uh, when you're talking about building and the resources and having those resources to come to bring to market, right? Because you can have the greatest idea that nobody knows about it. You still just have a great idea that nobody knows about. Right. Um, and he's able to, to push the market. Uber was so successful because they had VC money to push the market. They were able to come out into different marketplaces and hit that market so hard with, with advertising campaigns, with, you know, people walking around with Uber shirts and people are like, what's that? Um, you know, well, and to go up against the big um, old like here in New York, it was a big competition between the taxi and limousine industry. So they had the money to be able to push back against that behemoth that was pushing them on them. Right. And they, they were strategic. They said, we're going to come to places like New York last because mm-hmm. we know those cities have that type of pushback. Mm-hmm. What we have to be able to say is we're 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 going to trust in black so much that when these tech ideas come up, we're going to support it. Because what they what you see is, you know, 33-year-old Mark Zuckerberg is now worth, what, 50-some-odd billion dollars, right? So why don't we have more young Mark Zuckerbergs or Jennifer Smiths that can be in the 10s and 20s and 30s and 40s, 50 billion dollars where they can then hire people that look like them and change that 2% number? Um, that's where it's going to have to happen because when you're waiting on someone else to save you, you're going to wait for the rest of your life. I talk about it when we talk about the foundation, right? Um, you don't expect that if someone's in an abusive relationship, the abuser would be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I've been whooping your behind for the past X amount of years. Here's $50,000 and you know, I'm going to put you in a house, this, that, and the third. It's not going to happen. So why do you expect people that don't really care about you to say, you know what, you've been treated, put at the bottom of the totem pole, this inequity of resources and opportunity up, up until 2016, 2016, um, excuse me, 2015, we're in 17 now, we had Bank Corp South hit with a $16 million fine by the Justice Department for redlining, denying Blacks loan. This is 2015. This is not like 1936, Wow. 2015, the same year, Fifth Third Bank got hit with a $20 million uh, fine for giving Blacks and Latinos higher interest rates on loans. Mm-hmm. So the access and opportunity is not there. You can't expect the people that don't didn't want you to succeed to help you to succeed. We right. have to shift the mindset and say, you know what? We have some amazing tech kids. We have to support the programs like uh, that are coming out of Morehouse College, that are coming out of North Carolina A&T State University, they're coming out of Florida A&M University, where they have the STEM programs, the engineering programs. Support those schools so they can support the students when they transition. We can't think that, you know, that all these other companies and organizations are going to say, you know what, we're going to give it to them. It's right. Not happen. And then when someone comes out with the idea, don't bash the idea if it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Help them mm-hmm. along the way and say, you know mm-hmm. what? These are the things that you can do 
to make that idea a little bit better. Or don't even right. try to steal it. Don't bash them and then try and steal it because we know that'll yeah. happen too, but that's a different story. So <laughs> you're listening to Business in Black and today we are talking about breaking the tech barrier. Uh, we're talking with Mr. Jason Warner out of Atlanta, Georgia, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. All right, and we are back with uh, today's topic of breaking the tech barrier. This is Danita Harris, your host of uh, Business in Black, and we're joined today by our guest co-hosts, Dr. LaTanya Hughes, and our uh, guest, uh, Mr. Jason Warner out of Atlanta, Georgia. We've been talking about uh, some of the ways that you can introduce yourself into the tech bear, um, the technology industry, excuse me, and listen to his fascinating story of how he broke into it, uh, the company that he started, which came out of a need um, that he um, had a pain point in his own personal life, um, and just some of the statistics that are out there, which I find fascinating, which you know I love to research. Um, and one of them is um, talking about the dwindle presence of technology in the black community equals a dwindle opportunity in the black community. And I know we talked about some facts and some figures earlier, like 2% of um, senior level executives in the technology industry are actually African-Americans. But I just, you know, I was doing some research and scrolling through just the head, just the headlines um, of some of the stories that were written since 2014, 15, 16, 17. And um, one of them from Wired.com was the conference that's trying to crack tech's race problem. Another one from the New York Daily News.com, techies, what they have to to say about New Yorkers needing more black geeks. Um, uh, From Bloomberg.com, why doesn't Silicon Valley hire more black coders? So there seems to be this huge cry about diversity in the industry. Um, a matter of fact, I found um, that uh, the Pew report of 2012, that 62% of households making less than $30,000 a year use the internet. And most people of lower means happen to use the internet through their cell phone. Like that's been a great tech invention because it's given people access. It's duality of, you know, I need to call people emergency, but I also have the availability now of researching and doing more things on the internet. Um, But only um, 49% of African-Americans have internet at home versus their counterparts, which we always knew, which I, I didn't understand to be quite honest growing up because my dad is way smarter than me at 73 years old uh, in everything technology. He um, was an IT manager for um, AT&T and um, Takata Industries for many, many years. And so I grew up around that. We were like one of the first families on the block with a computer and he built a little computer desk and it was riggedy raggedy, but we had the internet and we learned DOS. Right. All that. And it was the world wide web. And the spider and all of that kind of stuff. I'm dating myself. But I remember all of that. But And I just always assume, well, my friends too. Because then I go to my homeboy's house and he's got one of the first apples. And he's, you know, we're playing Atari and we're doing these and we're doing that. And we, I just grew up in a community in Los Angeles, California of 
African-Americans who were available, who that was available to, but I know that is not the norm. So, and and that's part of it. It's like, you're part of your circle, right? So you're connect, you will interact with people that are similar to you. Correct. Up, down, um, or what have you, but they're similar to you. So like growing up, most of my friends had both their parents, um, in the house because that's the circle that my parents surrounded me with. Um, But the, the, the numbers say that's not the case. Uh, the numbers say that that's not the case for exposure. So it's, it's upon us that have access to, to expose folks that don't have access to, to these opportunities when they have, you know, the, the colleges that are offering our young people opportunities in STEM and technology and, and, and whatever that is. It, because we don't have to focus everyone into STEM. Um, or now it's called STEAM because they add the arts into there. Oh, um, why would they do that? They just have the arts someplace? Well, well, no, because the, the arts, if you let the arts go, because that's the center of creativity and innovation, right. what you have. And so a lot of schools, especially starting even at elementary school, they have um, systematically removed arts. Mm-hmm. So if you get rid of the arts, what are the children going to learn about school? So they put the A back in there because they realize that if you get rid of the arts, well, you got. That, well, that's, and that's I can really, see the connection because you know, graphic job. design is very much part of the arts. Um, the 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 back end of all of the graphics for the technology stuff is part of the arts as well. I guess when I think of arts, I'm thinking like dance, theater. Showtime arts, right? Well, I mean, but still, it, it brings that creativity out of, of, of right. Mm-hmm, um, but we have to advocate for these programs. We have to get if 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 there's a child that you know and you don't have a child, get them there. Say, you know what? I'll pick this child up and take them to this place because I know mom has to work and dad has to work, and they're working two jobs each so that they can make ends meet. Because we know that those income barriers and their gaps are there, um, so that we can have more than just John Thompson is the black face of technology. You know, you have um, John W. Thompson that went to Florida a University, but he's the chairman of, of Microsoft, uh, the, 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 the chairman of the board for Microsoft. Um, but that's one of who. Right. Um, Very small number. Right. And then you think about it, right? You had the statistic of black women are the most educated uh, group in this country, but they can't get into these these spaces that less than 2%. It's because also so many people don't want to be led by black women. Um, If you have 80 something percent of white men leading these technology companies and then you're having their super smart black woman as their boss going back to the hidden figures, they didn't want that, mm-hmm. but you know, like people would rather self-sabotage than have the smartest people in the room um, right. because it, it, it changes that narrative that black people are dumb, lazy, and they cannot innovate. Um, but the, 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 the truth shows that even through the adversity and the inequity, it's a rise above. So, you know, what we have to do is stop, I guess, placing so much thought into getting into their opportunities and create our own opportunities, fund those opportunities and support those opportunities. And we can build, we can have quote unquote, the black tech wall street or what have you that is being funded um, and supported by our community. 
Right. Um, matter of fact, according to uh, Wired.com, um, they say that race is a bigger impediment than gender while climbing Silicon Valley's corporate ladder and that particularly white women, Caucasian women are benefiting the most from the disparity right now, which is interesting because I, I heard reports of um, of women used to be the number one people in technology. It was women, Caucasian women, African-American women, okay? And then when it became profitable to be in tech, that's when all the Caucasian men came in and the venture capitalists came in and, and all of, you know, that ensued afterwards. But um, allegedly women, which you, you see a lot of uh, white women or Caucasian women, are definitely benefiting um, from that, that movement of, well, we, we need more diversity. And so they, their diversity to them is inclusive of the gender of the same race as opposed to looking outside of gender and race. Well, uh, that, that's, that's not, not surprising because if you look at it, um, when it comes to affirmative action, Caucasian women are the leading benefactors of the affirmative action. Wow. It's not minorities, it's not minority women, not minority men, it's Caucasian women are the leading group of, because again, that's considered diversity. Mm-hmm. They are the leading benefactors of affirmative action. So when people talk about affirmative, affirmative action and they don't, they don't like it, well, guess what? When you hear white people complaining about it, why are you complaining when black people are not benefit, benefiting and have never benefited from affirmative action? Not really. It's the statistics prove and show that Caucasian women are the leading benefactors of affirmative action. So I'm not surprised to see these things or to hear this, especially as it relates to Silicon Valley and the tech industry, Um, you know, because there I mean, the laws are in place, but, you know, it's who's using those laws. Exactly. So it boils back down down to, you know, what he was saying, uh, um, what Mr. Warner was saying about inequity, um, you know, yeah, we all have access to it. But when it's implemented and instituted, who's benefiting? I mean, I want to get off topic, but we can look at the same thing about um, social welfare systems. Um, you know, we took Q, they took QEP Newton stuff that was really benefiting the black community. And it was a bad thing when it was for black folks. But now... But guess who is benefiting the most from social welfare systems? It is not African-Americans. It is not. It's, it's, it's just not. Well, I mean, we can, of course, delve off onto that topic all day long. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think um, an, another one of these of how to, to stand out um, coming from Workopolis.com is, um, I'm sorry, how to break into the tech barrier Um is standing out and differentiating yourself. <clears throat> but I think that's across the board with any business. I think standing out and differentiating yourself has to happen because otherwise you're going to get swallowed up. Um, you're going to be like everybody else. You want something that's going to stand out um, and you want something that's going to draw attention. Uh, that's what drew me to the You're Safe Box um, idea and why I liked it so much because it's a very real concept. It's something that you can sink your paws into and really get your mind around. And it's an easy concept. It doesn't take a rocket scientist for me to understand it. Um, cause I am not the most technology 
uh, versed person, but um, I think standing out, differentiate, differentiating yourself, um, and then immersing yourself in that. So what did, what did you do, Jason, to like get in the trenches of the tech besides the, I know you did a lot of pitch competitions to which he won. Let me, let me put that out there. He has a banner and a crown. He didn't just <laughs> submit to the pitch competitions. He actually was winning the sh money. He got the money for the pitch competitions. So I think what differentiates me between tech and regular tech is my background in marketing PR. So I can pitch the idea. I yes. can sell, I can sell, you know, water to the well. Um, so that helped me out. My partners are tech. They're, they're the person, or the people that are in the, 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 the lab, in the closet doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I can be the face and I can push that. Uh, I, I understand the business acumen and I understand uh, from a pitch standpoint, what's the business sense? Because people want to know where their money and that return on that investment looks like. Even if they're giving you the money, um, how is it going to be successful? Uh, but also, I just showed up, right? You have the tech conferences, the tech events, and the different things like that. I showed up. I made myself present. Um, I showed up in the non-tech event to talk about tech, and I was a subject matter expert on tech, even though my background was not tech. Right. Um, so, you know, the goal was to put my face in a place wherever I could um, and, and, and speak on it. Like I said, I, people would always say, you don't look like tech. Right. Um, and I know Dr. Hughes and I talk about a lot um, about that, of just making sure that you know what you know, and you don't have to be the authority of it from the fact that you're just this, this person that's behind the scenes, but you have to be that, like she said earlier, that person people like and trust. And that's not necessary. We talked about that on a different show. That's not necessarily about you knowing your industry. You can know your industry all day long, but if you don't know how to sell it to somebody, if you don't have the package to, to make it presentable to somebody, then people are just going to like shy away from it and keep it moving. So mm -hmm. that's where you look across the table and say, well, hey, who can I partner with? Who has that tech background that can mm -hmm. do the coding work for me, that can do the, the, the stuff that I don't understand, and then I can come on and know how to do Showtime and win the pitch competitions and get the money and get the funding and then we can collaborate and build this thing together. So well, that's the, kudos the, the, to you guys for doing that. Yeah, those are the two two points I wanted to bring out was you have to know that as a business owner, you don't have to do it all. Like, it's okay to get help. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay that you don't know that you aren't the person. You don't have to be, you know, the expert, the R&D, the marketing. It's okay to have a team of people on your a success team to build that success. It's okay to do that. And the second thing was think outside the box, go where, you know, and yeah, go to your industry stuff, but step outside of that and go to stuff that has nothing to do. Like he said, he went to stuff that was not tech. So guess what? He became the subject matter expert at that particular conference or at that particular event. Why? Because nobody else was there because why nobody's thinking about tech at maybe a medical conference or an insurance conference or whatever it is. Why? Because they're thinking traditional and you have to sometimes, especially as an entrepreneur, you have to think beyond the traditional. It's good to be at your conferences. I'm not saying not to go to your conferences, but cause we talked about that, you know, in the first show, but step outside of the norm and go to a conference that doesn't have anything to do with your industry. And, and, but you have to know how 
what you have to offer is going to fit so that again, that because he was able to do that. He had, he could speak it, he could communicate it. And if if that's not your strong suit, you need to send somebody who is, who can communicate that on your behalf. That's why so many tech people fail. Those tech entrepreneurs fail because they they, they don't feel comfortable. They're that introverted thinker. Um, They they don't feel comfortable with articulating the, the the message of their organization and you know that's part of breaking in you're going to have to f- feel comfortable or get someone that can um, and understand it enough to be dangerous to to speak to the people that ask the tough questions um you know and I, I i one of the things about me i'm not afraid to say i don't know but i have a team member that knows that right um, and, and and you have to be you, you you can't make something up on the fly you have to be able to say i don't know I'll get back to you. I have someone that can do X, Y, and Z. When we were pitching um, at one competition, when they got the nitty gritty of what what security features and different things that we had, hey, Steve, come get it. And uh-huh. you know, it wasn't the the glit, the glam, the showtime, but he was able to say it in a couple seconds and back might back to me. And that's how we worked well. Um, you know, one of the things you you you, you were reading an article and, and, and talking about how to break in. One of the things that we still have to look at: who is that article talking to? Because yes, you can break in, but the numbers still show that we can do all of those things. We have to understand what the playing field that we're playing on and change the game a little different to succeed in that so that we can say, you know what, we may be able to have the knowledge in in, in that base, but we have to look at um, how we can take it into our own communities and show folks the need in our own community to support it that way first. Um, You know, if, if, if you look at the Asian community, they take everything in their community and they support it first and then they push it out. Right. You look at the Jewish community, same thing. We have to do that, especially when it comes to technology. We have to be the first adopters for our technology that we create and then expect for the others. Because guess what? Right now they have more money. Right. They have the bigger, bigger infrastructure infrastructure right now. So if, you know. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. Because we have the biggest spending power. We have see see think about this. How much how much does how much do white people spend a year? Not as much as well, African Americans spend. Actually, they do. How do much they? do Asians? Yes, but they own and control as well. So spending power means nothing. Owning mm-hmm. power means everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If we take this one point three trillion and move it to. Ownership. Owning, that's what I'm that's, saying. That's when you you shift the, the needle. We're right. the only group in this country that's a hundred percent dependent. Mm. So we have no leverage when you're not owning, owning and we're spending. Right. So yeah, this is why a boycott doesn't last and it won't work because you'll get hungry before the boycott ends. That's right. You'll have That's to go right. to the hospital before the boycott ends. So then so, the question begs is to, are we being taken seriously? And, and I would beg to say we're not, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get back. We're going to take a little short break here. It is getting hot and heated, honey. We're talking <laughs> business in black, breaking in the tech barrier. And... 
You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And we are back for our uh, wrap-up time. I hate that this is wrap-up time, but it is wrap-up time. Um, we're talking about uh, breaking the tech barrier with Mr. Jason Warner down in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, he uh, is a man of many talents, I will say, who had a technology business, which I love, came out of a pain point. He has a background in public relations and marketing, uh, delved his feet into the tech industry, had an amazing concept, which one day I know, I just feel it in my bones that he's going to bring it back to life. And um, now I-, I wanted to talk with him a little, about, a little bit about his new project, Own the Vision, which is his non-for-profit um, organization that he is um, really doing a lot of big things in the community uh, with. I know one of the big things that I want to talk about is the Give 12 um, and how we, because all hour long we've been talking about um, the the presence of African-Americans in technology, in the industry, um, just in business period and our presence being supported and our presence being seen. And we left off talking about whether or not we're being taken seriously and I think so. Like we have serious money that we're spending, which we, we got the lesson of spending power versus owning power. And we have serious money that we are spending. Serious money. We are the number one spenders in the country. Is that correct? Like our, our, our numbers are right up there. But we're so, not owning as much as we're spending by a, a very we fall very short in the owning portion of that. We're the number one consumers, right? Consumers, so correct. The number one consumers versus the number one spenders. Because we consume, we're 100% consumers. We own and control nothing, right? When we talked about it, um, of the Fortune 500 companies, none of them are black. Um, we have four black CEOs or what have you. So that's where we have to kind of look at the whole narrative. Like we spend $1.3 trillion a year, which is the GDP of the ninth largest nation in the world. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But Ooh. at the same time, we only control nothing. So we're 100% dependent on how we spend. Um, so if you shift that, and that's what from the, the foundation, our goal was to help us shift that to owning. Um, and it's literally own your vision of, of success. So we own the vision. And what we what we started off was with our dollar in a dream campaign where the goal was for everyone that looks like us to donate $1 a month. That's $44 plus million every single month going back into our community to fund our infrastructure, to fund. There's not one black grocery store chain nationwide. Right. Not even regionally. Right. You can't say, you know, just in Atlanta, there's three black grocery stores. Right. Not there. Right. Um, to do that, someone has to seed that change. Uh, so we started with the dollar in the dream campaign. We still have that going on, but what we saw was people couldn't wrap their mind around the elephant of 44 plus million people donated a dollar. They couldn't wrap their mind around 10 million people donated a dollar. So we said, let's bring it down to a scale where people can see the impact right there in the community. And we launched the give 12 project. And what the give 12 project is, we're 12,000 people in a community donate $12 a month for 12 months. Uh, it's 144 bucks for the year. We take that money. That's wait, stop, please. Like we're talking ashtray money. Like we're talking right. your fast food dollar menu money. Right. We're talking right. twelve dollars a month. 
the the change that you get back from breaking a big bill. Like we're talking $12. Like two cups of Starbucks. Like two cups of your favorite coffee house because they don't pay no, you know, advertising rights. So we're talking. (laughs) That that talks about one drink at the bar. Right. One drink. Come on, somebody, because you know we love to drink it up at the bar. That's That's talking about one movie ticket for your next movie. Let's not, the the some, Let's some, not talk about the popcorn. Let's not talk about the popcorn or the, the, the soda that you know you got at house at the house for ninety nine cents for the whole one, but you're gonna pay four dollars for the, the the little small. At, like it's twelve dollars, and so what baffles me is that people feel like it's not it, like there's got there. It just has to be a disconnect of what people feel like is sincere or if well, they are worth it to do $12. It boils down to priority. And what he said at the beginning of the show is changing your mindset. And at the end of the day, it's what people deem valuable. Right. Exactly. So, you know, we take those, that the money that we raised from the 12,000 people um, and we pre-selected nine nonprofits to give $100,000 each to they will they show you exactly what they're doing one of which is goody nation and they're exposing people all over the country to tech um but a hundred thousand dollars they'll say with this hundred thousand dollars we're able to do x but not only that 12 entrepreneurs will receive twenty five thousand dollars and they pitch in uh three different categories the idea phase so you don't even have to have an llc s corp all you have to have an idea and be able to articulate that um for entrepreneurs in the startup phase, zero to five years, they will pitch for $25,000 each. Uh, for entrepreneurs in the existing established business, four entrepreneurs in that phase will have will receive $25,000 each. And what we wanted to see, and we talked about how I pitched in a lot of pitch competitions, um, is leveling the playing field. I can't pitch against somebody who's been in business for seven years. Right. Like I don't have the numbers behind it. Correct. Idea person can't pitch against a person that has a startup. The, the, the infrastructure is not there, but you need those resources to create the infrastructure. Correct. You need that, those resources of the startup to expand the infrastructure and you need those infrastructures and the, the, the resources in the, the existing business to, to, to move to that next level. Um, and so what we said, let's break it down into categories and let everyone with an idea, uh, everyone that is in business, help them stay in business because we have to see the change. All what we talked about, you know, Mark and his team, they got the $7 million. Uh, we talked about how, you know, the folks at Georgia Tech and MIT, they get the, the here's some money to, to go out. It's the resources, the access to, to make sure that these folks are successful. Well, they have the endowments and the funds and the private foundations and the, you know, all of those resources, like you say, that's that's steam shipping it down the the river. And um, we we've got to get those same resources in our back pocket. We definitely have to get those. Um, so I, I'm looking at your your website, which is um, www.ownthevision.com. And um, I love the, the FAQ page. It says, do you really expect all 44 million Black people in America to participate? <laughs> I just love that because that is a real question. Like, come on, son. Do you really expect everybody to participate but why wouldn't you expect at some point everyone to participate right 
it may not happen this year, next year, even five years from now. But the goal is to continue. People, we're a, a culture of habit, and we follow the latest trend, the fad, or what have you. And so, you know, did Mark Zuckerberg expect for billions of people to get on Facebook? He had to, because if you don't have that audacity to believe that it will happen, it right. won't happen, right? right? So, will it happen overnight? Absolutely not. But the trend will start to happen once people start to see the changes and see opportunities and see I have access to and see that grocery store pop up in their in their community where they can have healthy foods. Right now, the, the black farmers, they're they have these small percentages of the, the, the lime share to feed into these massive grocery stores. But when you say, hey, you know what, you can have the majority of that, but we're also going to give you the half a million dollars, the million dollars to expand your farm to bring healthy foods to our community. Now we deal with the nutrition issue. We can, you know, see these new black tech innovators. We can see these new black businesses around. We can see the HBCUs that are not failing for lack of trying, but we don't give back to our institutions. Um, So how exactly is the organization going to give back? I donate my money. And so how does that process work? So um, a couple of things for the Give 12 project, they're the pre-selected nonprofits. You see what they have. Um, they go straight to those. And those nonprofits are, are, are focusing on the six pillars that we focus on uh, education, uh, nonprofits, business, legal, media and real estate. Right. But as we grow now, we go into from an HBCU standpoint, we like here, you need money. Let's go in and see where your greatest need is. Here's the money, but also here's the consultants to walk alongside of you because we don't want you to just survive. We want you to thrive. So we're not just going to give you the resources and put into a bottomless pit. Let's find out where the loopholes are so we can fix it. If you need a if you need a, a financial management tool, we'll give you the money plus the tool and the team of support people to do it. Because, and is that where the academy comes into play? Right. And so and, and thank you for the segue. Um, we're launching the Only Vision Academy, Only Vision Academy, and that's a for-profit arm, right? Um, one of the things that we realize in this is people are uh, they have to take care of self first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to figure out how they can get out of their situation, how they can advance in their career, how they can make more money. But one of the things people always tell you: get a mentor, get a mentor, get a mentor. But that mentor only has the same twenty-four hours in a day that you have. Right. They're on their success path. They don't have time to give you every single tool of the trade or there is no, no investment in it. And said, oh, I'm a good person. I'm going to give back to some people. But let me give you a platform where you're a subject matter expert and I can show you the tricks and the trade tools of that. And we pay that instructor 70 percent of the enrollment, unlike the traditional college. And. I don't have to worry about accreditation because you're not getting a degree. You're getting the knowledge. You're getting the people, the real people that do it. Based on accreditation, Bill Gates couldn't teach a business class or a technology right. class. Right. Right. He hasn't, he has no degree. So he can't teach the class. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I think he's smart enough and astute enough to teach me about business or technology. Correct. Correct. But, or Warren Buffett but, about finances. Correct. Right. Yeah. But, you know, when you don't have that, that master's degree, that graduate degree, uh, the doctoral degree, or an undergraduate degree, you're not 
capable qualified. or qualified of teaching these courses. Mm-hmm. On the Only Vision Academy, if you're a subject matter expert, someone who has been uh, a sales leader making six and seven figures, they don't have to have a degree, but they can no. teach you tips, trade the sales. Um, and the value proposition for them to go back and get that higher degree, you know, is, is, is not there. It's like, what is it going to do for me? I have multiple degrees. Um, I saw the value proposition in that. But there were some people that need to get the information right there. Um, you know, we created a platform or building out the platform. We'll, we'll have a full launch of the first quarter of next year. We'll be doing some uh, beta testing um, at the end of next month. Um, but a, a platform where everyone can own their vision of success for a reasonable price. No class will cost more than $300 and it's self-paced. Uh, if you want to learn how to be the best you, if you want to learn how to uh, sell, if you want to know how to be the best single mom, I have a guy teaching a class on defensive backs, uh, spent 11 years as a professional football player, uh, two years in NFL, 11 years in Canada, won two great cups. He is, you know, a future Hall of Famer teaching defensive backs. He coaches defensive backs at a college in California. Uh, He said, well, I can take the same thing and teach it here. We have people teaching on any and everything. I have a young lady developing curriculum. She's a high school student for kids to navigate from elementary, middle school to high school. What does that look like? How can you do that successfully? So, you know, any and everything that you feel that you're a subject matter expert in, you can teach. We don't tell you how to teach it. Right. We just tell you that you have to give us the meat and the potatoes. No fluff. Not in 1832, this, this concept came about. And not I the carrot know. in front of you, Syndrome, right. where they're just well, stringing you along. Right. And yeah, and we talked about that last um, show with um, Catherine Storing. She she teaches on writing and how to write to build your authority um, in your industry. And that was one of the big things, like people who, like it said, 25% of people will never click on certain websites again because the information they got was just fluff. People are so over, and Dr. Hughes and I talk about this all the time, people are so over just getting fed a bunch of carbs and a bunch of carbonated water that they can't get any nutritional value out of. They need, like you just said, the meat and the potatoes that's going to give them um, the ability to think and become creative and build something solid for themselves, their lives, their business. And there, I call it prosperity pimp preaching where people just want to teach you about giving the money, giving the money, giving the money, but nobody wants to talk to you about how to get the money to give the money and, or nobody wants to tell you how to make it the way that they've made it. We're all too scared and living in fear that they're going to catch on to the recipe. Well, guess what? God is the one that gave the recipe in the first place. And, there's enough and it's for, for whoever it's for. Yeah. It's well, enough see, for all of us to eat. And, and well, you know, that's how fear works. <laughs> that's how fear works. And, mm-hmm. it, and it, it works by separation. So that we can divide and conquer and make you think that, you know, if you make it, I can't make it, which is completely irrational because fear is irrational. But for some reason, it still works. It's just the method that works. And, and, and again, it points back to change your mindset and understand that. Listen. You can come up too. We can get out. And, 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 and the myth that blacks are the only ones with a crab in the pot mentality, that's a lie too. Because that crab in the pot mentality is everywhere. Mm-hmm. I see it all the time. 
Um, so it's just, again, back to what, um, you know, Jason was saying in the beginning of the show, that changed mindset. We're going to change mindset. mindset. And we're going to, and we're going to, and we're going to give people an opportunity to become successful. If you want to understand real estate, right? You go to these real estate conferences and they dangle that carrot in your yep. No, we're going to have folks that show you walk with me on a day in a life. This is what I look at at a house. Let me look at that crack in the foundation. Is it going to be profitable for me to mm-hmm. try to fix this or do I need to move on to the next one? If right. I'm looking at understanding, uh, you know, a marketing PR strategy, every there's no cookie cutter. You have to look at every client differently. So mm-hmm. if I show you this is the target audience for this client, this is how we have to speak to this client or this audience base. When I look at a different client, I'll show you this. But just the tips and the trade to be successful in it and how to do it. If you're prospecting, you don't know how to cold call and someone's teaching you the tips and the tricks of the trade, how to be a successful cold caller and salesperson to close that deal and always be closing. Not just a, 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 a cliche moment, but this is how you t- turn that no into potentially following up to close later. So those are the tips and the tricks of the trade that people are successful at doing it. One of the things for me was, man, if all, if, if you can show me a real estate conference and uh, these, you know, entrepreneurship academies where you're being super successful, why are you teaching it? Why are you teaching it? If you're, if, if, if you know the secret to success, but you're not doing it, Mm. show me you doing it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. me you out there doing mm-hmm. it don't just show me your book show me you doing it and I'll pay you and what right. we do is make it affordable for people like I said right. no class will be over $300 um, you know the, the goal is to have the classes classes range from $100 to $150 because let's say you want to change careers and instead of spending the thousands and thousands of dollars up front take one somebody's course in that industry that you you want to transition into and they'll show you what they're actually doing. You may say, you know, wait, I just spent $150. Thank God I didn't spend $50,000 to get a degree right. or to what have you. And I know I, I'm not built for this type of life. Right. But they've been doing it. That's that mentor you could have never called up because you don't know that person. You don't know who it was. Oh, right. Exposure to will make you successful. Mm-hmm. Exposure and access. So we're giving people access. And unlike um, the other the uh, online educational sites, we're, we're also developing content. So we'll have a CEO's roundtable where we're interviewing CEOs around the country to give their their best tips. We'll have a success corner, just successful tips through interview and talking to people. We'll have a men's corner, a women's corner, a family corner where we can talk about things that are related just to family, just to women, just to men. Um, and that's content that's included that you're you're not you're not having to you know figure out man I need to to get on you know one of the things that they talk about about the Facebooks and the Ubers and different things that they are these technology spaces that have created a platform where they don't do any of the things you know Facebook is of course a quote unquote news feed they don't create any content Uber is a, a, a Uber and Lyft for places that they are transportation companies that they don't own any cars, Airbnb, X, Y, and Z. Well, we said we have to shift a little bit because people need something like what's going to differentiate us. So we're going to provide a platform. We don't teach the classes, but we provide content. 
Right, right. Free tools so people will continue to come back because we have to give a little to get a little, all right? I need to give you tips of the trade to be successful in that. And that's our goal, give you the tips of the trade to be successful. Um, and hopefully we can have some more successful, thriving businesses, successful, thriving people that can now say, now I have the resources to see change in our communities. Well, it has been a wonderful hour talking with you, Mr. Warner, um, in Atlanta, uh, Georgia, about breaking the tech barrier. Um, a lot of work we have to do, a lot of work we have to do about um, getting more visible, being taken more serious. One of those ways that you can start and you can help for um, a dollar a week uh, dollar a is a dollar a month. Well, I said a dollar a week, so that's pressing people. Okay, but a dollar a month, a dollar a month is nothing. That's peanuts. That's pennies. That's you know less than that's fractions of pennies per day. Um, is you can go to ownthevision.com and you can donate your twelve dollars up front. Um, just do it all in one big whim, you know, don't, don't drag it out. Like, and then tell a friend about it and then tell another friend about it and then tell another friend about it and, um, you know, connect with him on, uh, Facebook and connect with him on, um, his website and reach out and be looking for the Academy to come up and, you know, let's, let's make it happen. I, I, I see it. I think it's amazing. I personally am going to be a part of the Academy. Um, and I hope people will either be a part one of two ways, either to lend their knowledge or to purchase the knowledge of others that have gone before them and, um, done some of the research and pave some of a road that they may need to utilize. So we thank you, sir. We salute you sir um you know you appreciate we appreciate it. you coming on for sure Let's this has been an enlightening it. hour I, I love it yeah i love to come back i, I love it I, love I it. think we do we need to do another part because i think we ran out of time and it's just so much meat that we just couldn't get to all of it so you're giving the meat and the potatoes right Absolutely. More meat, more potatoes, no fluff, uh, no fluffy bunny rabbits on Business in Black. So we thank you for listening to another edition of Business in Black and we'll see you next time. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris.